Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, everyone. Welcome in back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bendit, the host of the podcast here and the manager of BT Powerhouse. Uh, we're coming to you here in uh, late September uh, with a little bit of a special podcast. You know, here and there, I like to check in on how things are going on the recruiting trail. Uh, obviously, we, we stay a little above the fray, so to speak, on the podcast week to week. Um, but like I said, checking in here and there. And there has been a lot of action with regard to the Big Ten recently, um, and specifically in Madison, as the Badgers have picked up a lot of momentum on the recruiting trail. And to help us break it down, uh, we have Evan from 247 Sports. Uh, Evan, how's it going? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate it. Um, and Evan, I, I think you might have been on the podcast a, a while ago, but um, for those who, who weren't uh, around for that one, um, can you fill them in on, on what you do at 247 and, and where people can check out your stuff? Yeah, I cover Wisconsin basketball, football, and recruiting uh, for Badger 24-7 as part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Evan underscore Flood. Excellent. Yeah. And Evan, Evan puts out great coverage along with uh, everyone at 247 Sports about Wisconsin and, and the various uh, Big Ten teams. But Evan, um, obviously some some big news uh, for the Badgers here over the last couple of weeks. They pick up, uh, what was it, two, two um, what, top, top 200 commitments for the 2020 class. Um, if you could just uh, talk about the the commitments here, um, their skill sets, and and what you kind of think they're they're going to bring to the Badgers over the next couple of years. Yeah, the first one to come off the board for Wisconsin, Stephen Crawl, a six eleven, two hundred ten pound center, maybe power forward as, as well. You know, prototypical Wisconsin big man, skilled on the block, can step out and shoot the three. I think he's very underrated as a passer as well. You know, he's not Ethan Happ in the sense that, you know, he's, he's going to be a guy that gets five or five or six assists per game. But, you know, very uh, cognizant of, of cutters when he has the ball down on the block, uh, can also pass other double teams really well. I think in terms of star potential, his ceiling might be the highest in this class. I and mean, this was a, a kid that's kind of a, a late bloomer, didn't get, you know, his first offer, I think, until May. Uh, and then, you know, I think Iowa was first and you know, Colorado, Minnesota, Wisconsin all, all followed suit. So this is a guy that rose up Wisconsin's board quickly over the summer. And, and like I said, I think he's probably got the best upside in this class. Uh, the other guy, Ben Carlson, actually his teammate uh, in AAU, a uh, kid Wisconsin has been chasing since he was a freshman. They were on him very early and you know right now for Carlson who's a top 100 player the, the biggest thing is you know he just looks the part uh very big very wide broad shoulders moves well for 6'9 205 I think at worst he, he's going to be an excellent post defender a rebounder a guy that can do the dirty work offensively I, I think is where the development still needs to come uh, you know he can shoot it from the outside a little bit 
uh, but doesn't necessarily play with the best um, best touch around the post. You know, uh, and needs to develop his skill set down there. Uh, but but he's got some budding versatility as a kid who can handle the ball. Uh, but right right now, athletically, uh, when, when you combine you know strength with the way he runs. Uh, you know, he's not that typical Wisconsin big man that they're used to getting, maybe slow-footed um, and then can't match up athletically. He, he's definitely a, an upgrade for Wisconsin in that department. Definitely. Um, and before we talk a little bit about the big picture stuff, uh, one of the interesting factoids about these two is they're, they're both out of Minnesota, um, the state that is, of course. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, Wisconsin's recruiting strategy in that area, you know, Minnesota's the state has had a lot of talent come out of it over the last couple of years. Um, has obviously Wisconsin's made some sort of emphasis on it. Um, could you just talk a little bit about uh, how that approach has occurred for the Badgers and sort of where it, where it's heading? Well, Greg Gard, who's a longtime assistant at, at Wisconsin, uh, has been recruiting that state for for more than twenty years, even going back to when he was an assistant at UW Platteville and un, under Bo Ryan. So, you know, his ties to that state, you know, are, are very deep and, and it, he definitely has one of the bigger presence nationally, uh, you know, in terms of, of just being a familiar face in that state uh, than any other coach in the country. And, you know, it's, it's an, obviously a, an ideal recruiting territory uh, for Wisconsin, especially that Minneapolis area, only about three and a half, four hours away. And I think it really starts with, with some of the big men Wisconsin's gotten out of that state um, that, that's helped it, this pipeline grow. You know, John Luer, Jared Berggren, Mike Brusowitz, you know, guys that just got better for four straight years and, and ended up being able to do some things professionally, most notably Luer, who's you know, stuck around in, in the NBA for a long time and, yeah. and, and able to, you know, make some good money there. So, so I think that definitely helps, you know, and, and this is something that Kroll and, Carlson both talked about it is kind of following in the footsteps uh, of those guys. Uh, but yeah, you know, guards, championships, uh, history in that state, you know, has kind of always paved the way for, for Wisconsin to get guys. And, and you look at this kind of the landscape of recruiting right now, you know, less and less uh, kids are, are staying home. So, you know, if you're Wisconsin and you lose a, a lot of your t- top talent and it makes it, more important to go into Minnesota and steal theirs. And, you know, for anybody that knows, there's a lot more talent coming out of that Minneapolis area alone than there is the entire state of Wisconsin in most classes. So uh, it, it's a natural fit for, for Wisconsin to do well there. Certainly. Yeah, I, I agree. And I definitely agree with the point as far as the talent coming out of Minneapolis. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous how many players they've gotten uh, coming out of there recently. And, you know, it's uh, Minnesota's landed a, a couple of them, but, Wisconsin pulling in uh, at least two of them for the the 2020 class. Um, now l- let's take a, a, a step back for a second. Uh, you know, Wisconsin they have five commitments in this recruiting class as of now. Still early. You know, we still got a while to go before all this stuff is wrapped up for the 2020 cycle. Um, but currently, per 247 uh, or 247, um, uh, Wisconsin's fifth nationally, number one in the Big Ten in terms of recruiting rankings for this cycle. Um, Obviously, there's sort of a narrative that Wisconsin is not an elite recruiting program. Uh, first off, do you agree with that? Um, and then second, how good is this class looking on paper for the Badgers this year? Well, I would agree they're not an elite recruiting program. I think a lot of people, especially UW fans who, who've seen the success of the program over the last 
you know, 20 plus years and, you know, making the NCAA tournament every year, but one finishing in the top four, the big 10 every year, but one, you know, expect more. Um, but basketball recruiting is just kind of a different animal than, than football and, and on the court success doesn't necessarily translate to, to better results uh, in recruiting. And, and that was proven true after Wisconsin's back-to-back Final Four runs and including a trip to the national championship game. You didn't see this giant uptick uh, in terms of overall talent level with players coming to Wisconsin. You know, with, with the one-and-done rule, what these kids want is to be put on uh, put on display for, for NBA scouts. They want to go places that's going to fast-track them to the NBA. They want to play in a more free, up-tempo system. And these are just two things Wisconsin doesn't do or in most years it just can't provide as well as some other schools um so you know wisconsin's got a system in place and it's a proven system that allows them to compete with some of the best programs nationally and then you know they're not going to deviate from it they're going to recruit to the fit and you know if it ain't broke don't fix it so (laughs) i don't see wisconsin getting away from that anytime soon. I mean, you look at recruiting rankings in in general and how many programs uh, get NBA talent and and can't do anything with it, you know, outside of the typical blue bloods um, and and don't make as many tournaments as Wisconsin or don't compete for the top four of their respective conferences as Wisconsin does. So, yeah, I think until the time comes where Wisconsin needs to deviate from what they're doing, you know, maybe they'll change their recruiting approach and, you know, tailor things to get more top 50, top 100 players. But right now, I think they're way more concerned with fit. And then has this class in general, obviously, there's still some time before national signing day. The, the, or, I'm sorry, the early signing period. Wisconsin's not going to stay uh, fifth nationally in tops in, in the Big Ten. Uh, certainly, the numbers that they have helps their, their ranking as well. But you don't get the fifth at this point in the game without recruiting very good players. So this is, you know, sort of uncharted territory for the program. I mean, on paper, they have a chance to sign their best class ever. I believe the the previous record was, you know, 20th, and then they did that twice during the Bo Ryan era. So, um, you know, on paper, you could, you could make a, make a case that this is, you know, the best class in the recruiting rankings era. Um, obviously, you know, we won't know for sure, you know, for three or four, more years to see how these guys pan out. But I, I don't know if there's a star in, in the group, but I, I think they've got a lot of guys that are going to play for three, four years here and then be influential players for this program. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, I would be remiss if, it, if I didn't at least touch on it, you know, Wisconsin losing uh, a, a key player this off season and Ethan Happ, one of the all time greats. I mean, his career numbers jump off the, <laughs> the stat sheet. Um, All-American type talent for the Badgers over the last couple of years. Both of these commitments, uh, big men, as you mentioned, uh, hard to compare anyone, especially a high school player, to Ethan Happ. Uh, But how do you do you think this is sort of an approach by guard and his staff to to try to fill in for that gap? I know this is a year later uh, in the recruiting cycle, so to speak. Um, But do you think this is sort of, hey, you know, we just lost a, a major piece of our front court. Uh, let, let's try to get some guys in here that, that can maybe fill in for some of those lost contributions. Well, really, it's about the number of scholarships Wisconsin had. They had two departures in the offseason, uh, both freshmen, Ty Strickland and, and Taylor Curry. I think for a long time they were banking on getting the Hauser brothers from Marquette. 
And when that didn't happen, uh, they, they found themselves with a serious shortage. I think, you know, 10 scholarship players this season, if I'm not mistaken. So they had some, some spots to play with. And, and you saw them do that with a couple things. I think initially they were only going to take one big man and they ended up getting two. Um, and, and then, you know, the Davis twins, obviously Johnny, everyone knows, was Wisconsin's, you know, top target for, for so long. Um, they, they, I think, felt like they needed some help to, to reel him in and make sure he stayed home. So they extended a full offer to his twin brother, Jordan Davis, who had a couple mid-major offers. Um, you know, some people looked at it, you know, uh, I'm sure some people felt some type of way about that. But, you know, when you look at the, the big picture, if they got Johnny, Jordan was walking on anyway. And, you know, he's essentially too good to, to be a walk-on for, for that program. He was going to play at some point, earn a scholarship. You know, why not just fast track it when, when he got the spots to give? So, yeah, I, I would say, you know, that the size of this class and specifically with the two big men, you know, it's just more about the scholarships they had to play with. Um, because if the Hauser thing falls through, you know, they, they, they've got significantly less space to work with. And you're looking at a, a, a three, maybe even a two man class right now. Wow. Okay. Well, well, interesting stuff. Obviously some, some exciting times uh, for the Badger fans with this class coming in. Um, any, any final thoughts uh, before I let you go on, on this class and, and sort of where Wisconsin sits at the, at the moment going into what should be a, a pretty interesting season this year? Yeah, you know, going into the season, uh, I think everyone's going to be focused on, you know, how can Wisconsin replace Ethan Happ? You know, he was their everything last season, led him in points, rebounds, assists, blocks, steals. Uh, I'm interested to see just how much he may have marginalized the other players around him. Uh, as we know, great players, you know, tend to, to overshadow uh, even really good players at times. And, you know, when you have essentially what is a point guard on the block and, and you know, you're having him run everything you do offensively. You know, some guys don't show up as much as, uh, you know, maybe their their talent would normally allow them to. So I'm interested to see, you know, Wisconsin kind of break away from, you know, everything Ethan Happ gave them and, and see some of these guys, Nate Reavers, you know, Kobe King, guys that we know have a lot of talent. Now that, you know, that I think there's going to be more of a free-flowing system. I think you're going to put and even without Cleo Iverson too now Wisconsin can go back to you know their prototypical swing offense where they put you know five shooters on the floor and really emphasize floor spacing so yeah I, I know it's, it's probably a scary time for for Badger fans when you watch a guy like you <laughs> have to walk out the door but yeah I'm interested to see uh, if it will allow some of these other guys to shine now. Excellent. Well, Evan, thank you again for joining us. I, I really appreciate it to chat about, you know, what's going on for the Badgers on the recruiting trail. Um, just as a reminder, uh, can you let everybody know where, where to check out your, your stuff? And of course, uh, what you guys have going on here in the, the next couple of weeks? Yeah, the site is Badger 24-7, uh, www.wisconsin.247sports.com. And then on Twitter at Evan underscore flood and you know wisconsin's coming off a, a pretty big win over michigan right now a ton of recruits were on campus I'm, I'm just busy pumping pumping those out and getting the reactions out here from all the official and unofficial visits excellent well thank you again for for joining us uh to our listeners make sure to check us out on btpowerhouse.com follow me on twitter at t bendit and otherwise uh we will see you guys next time